Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, Scary Parish. Welcome back the CBS Sports Island College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent in. If you haven't yet subscribed to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel, also do that while you're here. Okay, let's get into it. The 2023 NBA draft is now just eight days away. In anticipation of this, we've done episodes that uh, have touched on many of the top prospects, Victor Wimbanyama, Scoot Henderson, and Brandon Miller, uh, Thompson Twins, Jarris Walker, Anthony Black, Jalen Huchifino, Casey Wallace. We touched on all of them. Today, we want to focus on two players who are arguably the most surprising prospects who are both expected by most to go in the first round, perhaps even in the top 20 of the draft. And that is Taylor Hendricks from UCF and Bryce Sensabaugh from Ohio State. And the reason those two are arguably the most surprising prospects expected to go in the first round uh, is because uh, both are one-and-done players who were ranked outside of the top 80 of their high school class. Taylor Hendricks was number 84 in the class of 2022, according to, top, according to the top 247. Bryce Sensabaugh was number 86 in the class of 2002 according to the top 247. How did they go from that in 2022 to likely first-round picks in 2023? I'll ask Norlander next, but first, a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Deadleg, how did Taylor Hendricks and Bryce Sensabaugh go from sub-80 prospects to one-and-done possible first-round picks? Make sense of it. Uh, different pass, but uh, same origin. What do these players have in common? Trivia time. Oh, what do they have in common? What do they have in common? What do these two players have in common? They're both taller than me. That is correct. <laughs> I mean, that applies to... We had to actually do out the planet. How many? What percentage of the planet is taller than Gary Parrish? I'm going to say 77%. Yeah. It's just basically uh, everybody except Danny DeVito. Okay. Well, I know there's not just. I would post Danny DeVito up. No you problem. You would. You All would. Got no All sh- day. He's got no chance in the paint against you. There's no question. They played okay. for the same grassroots team. They were, they were teammates, uh, each one teach one, and they have gone to be one and done players as GP mentioned there, because there are you seeing them at all on the grassroots. No, cause this would have been COVID. So I yeah. did not, I did not see this. Would I have don't been, remember seeing either one of them. Yeah, this was 21 and uh, actually, so they, there's, there is a chance that I would have seen them cause I did go to peach jam, but I don't remember. I don't remember seeing them. Yeah, that was the peach jam. We went to where you had to wear mask in the gym. Right. Yeah, and, and we're like, you know, 10 teams caught COVID. And yeah, was, yes. yeah. Like we talked about Jalen Huchofino on a last draft episode. He tested positive for COVID at that peach jam. Uh, yes, was, that's and, right. I, uh, and had to leave team that. So we were there. Oh, I guess this is probably true. We saw them. Bryce Sinsbaugh and Taylor Hendricks just probably don't remember seeing them. Um, uh, yeah. Dylan Mitchell was also on that team. Um, and so, in fact, Sensabaugh was the more renowned player at that level for sure. Um, but these guys being one and doneers is what makes them interesting stories because there are other guys, and we'll talk about these other guys when we're going to do a mock episode, a mock draft pod before we uh, before we have the draft here. But Kobe Bufkin was ninety six, Chris Murray was eighty nine, Marcus Sasser and Ricky Council eighty eight coming out of their respective classes. Oh, Max Prosser was ninety four, Jaime Hawkins was ninety two, and Colby Jones is ninety one. All of those players will get drafted. Most of them will get drafted. Uh, second round or late first round, but these two players, GP said, likely to be picked first round. Taylor Hendricks is almost certainly going to go in the lottery. Sensible has a very healthy chance of being a top 20 pick after just one and done seasons. Who do you like more out of curiosity? Do you like Sensible or, or Hendricks more? I think Hendricks and most people seem to think Hendricks is the better prospect at this point. You know, he's a 6'8", 6'9", bouncy, athletic forward who... Uh, was terrific at UCF in his one season. Um, 15.1 points, seven rebounds, 1.7 blocks, 1.4 assists. Block percentage was like 6.2, which ranked top 95 in the country. And he largely, you know, blocked shots without uh, getting into foul trouble too often. Um, shot, and this is the key, 39.4% from three on 4.6 attempts per game. Also shot 78.2% from the free throw line. So... I mean, he's a six eight six nine combo forward um, who might be able to play three positions at times in the NBA. He could play on the wing, play a, a, a stretch four, or maybe like a small ball five, and he can reliably knock down shots from three. I mean, he's a an, a, a six eight athlete who can reliably knock down shots from three. Like those guys, those guys get drafted pretty high. Uh, I've seen him as high as six. In some mock drafts, I have him just outside the top 10, but I acknowledge I might be low on that. Uh, I don't think you are low. Um, 
I'm going to have my big board annual big board mock draft next week and where I try and forecast uh, who the top 30 players will be from a, from a given draft when we look up in five, 10 years from now. I won't have Hendricks in the top 10. I don't think he will play much small ball five in the NBA. Um, I think his questions with rebounding are a major reason why. Um, he is his story is very interesting. I almost I did the feature on Anthony Black. I almost did one on Taylor as well, but it was kind of similar. Not exactly. They are definitely not A to A, apple to apples. Um, but I kind of did that story last year on Jalen Williams, who went from and he wasn't a one done player, but he went from uh, obscurity out of Santa Clara to lottery pick to oh by the way he was a top five rookie this past season. So it was a little bit of the same genre, but I am intrigued by it. He was a package deal essentially with his brother Tyler. Right. Uh, I believe. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I want to say that Memphis was actually pretty involved in his recruitment. He, he had an offer from Memphis. Yeah. Um, he um, I don't think had Memphis an offer from, both, though. I, I yeah, don't think they wanted to take the package. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, like, So it's interesting you say you almost did a profile on Taylor Hendricks because like, I went looking for them. There's not a – say this respectfully. If, if, if there is one, I just couldn't find it. There's not like, great, here's Taylor Hendricks. There's no equivalent to your Anthony Black story. Right. Taylor Hendricks that I could find. But the backstory is that um, he was obviously the better prospect than his twin. Um, uh, UCF offered both of them. And he, you know, he's from Fort Lauderdale. So stay in the state of Florida and play with your twin brother. But he did have offers from Memphis, LSU, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Florida State. Also had like a couple of Ivy League offers. A Penn and Yale, I think, were in there. So that that suggests on some level he's a he's a pretty sharp young man as well. I think so. He's also, I think, in this position because of a confluence of events. So one of them, I think a major one being that UCF was a bit plagued by injuries last season. Like UCF was a slightly above average college basketball team that we might have mentioned twice last season, even like, you know, barely, right. They went 19 and 15, won a game in the NIT. Hendricks was a good player. Um, and because of his performances early in the season, uh, which was enabled in part by former five-star recruit, who's now a, who's a senior this past season, CJ Walker, he was hurt most of the season. And then there were other guys in the front court that uh, occasionally missed time. And it allowed Hendricks to, really, I think, take on a bigger role than he was maybe even anticipating. He there was I mean, come on. There was no anticipation that he was going to be an NBA pick after one season, uh, not even after two seasons. But he's ahead of the pace because of that. His story is a bit intriguing. And I'm I'm just I'm curious as to what he's going to be at the next level, because he is ahead of the pace. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, he's got a seven one uh, wingspan. I find him to be a pretty durable power forward type and while he will be asked to guard multiple positions if he makes it he's going to have to play multiple positions i almost wonder if he um winds up being primarily a four and where that uh where that lands him because he is a good athlete who i think is in this position of like seven to twelve draft range because gp he is a plus defender and will be expected to be a plus defender in short order at the NBA level. Um, he, I think, understands the concepts well, has the body type and durability to give himself a good chance at sticking, but he will be asked and tasked with being a really, really good utility defender and so much of his value to me. Now, he's a good shooter, don't get me wrong, but I think so much of his 
value is going to stem from what he does on the defensive end. And I think that is what has led NBA teams to hold him in such high regard because they, I think a lot of teams that are interested in him in, in, that, in that lottery range think he can fill a role, not as a do it all defender, but uh, a do it most, a do it most defender, I think it's is fair to say. And he can adapt in a variety of schemes. So um, he's a good shooter, not a chucker. His O rating was 119.9. Like it's definitely there. Um, I would say maybe he even is a too comfortable to slightly settling, trying to get shots from the outside because he's not as reliable on the interior. But that's that's almost to be expected. He's again, Parrish, he's interesting because he's ahead of the pace. And right. so with some of his flaws and drawbacks, it's like, well, yeah, that's not surprising. He just he had an opportunity. He absolutely seized it. And. I'm not quite sure what to expect of him at the next level. I, it, could he be a top 10 player of this draft? Obviously, that's possible. Could we look up in five years and see that he was drafted 20 spots too early? I actually think that is that is something that is on the board here with Taylor Hendricks. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the reason we package Sinsbon Hendricks together is because, again, they're both sub 80 prospects in their high school class, according to the top 247, who are now one and done possible first round draft picks. And I only say possible just because uh, like, there's no doubt Taylor Hendricks is going in the first round. He's probably going in the lottery. Um, I think Sensabaugh is a first-rounder as well, but like you know, Jonathan Gavoni just updated his mock draft at ESPN this morning, and he has now Sensabaugh in the second round of his mock. Um, there, there's some uh, a, a couple of knee injuries in high school that could be problematic. Like if you know you're evaluating all aspects of a prospect, yes. he does a, he has a history of knee. Uh, I think issue. that's why he was rated so I, GP. I think if he doesn't have the knee injury, I think he would have been a no clear, a clear cut top 50 prospect. I actually think right. that's, that's why he's even a uh, subject on this pod right now. Uh, um, I was talking with Chris Vernon uh, about this, who of course uh, works with me here in Memphis, but also hosts uh, uh, the ringer, uh, an NBA uh, ringer, a podcast for the ringer. And he made note, and I guess I knew this, but I'd never really looked at it. Typically, if you look at, you know, the, the high school rankings from one year out, it, it looks a lot like the mock drafts, you know, like the, the number one, number two, like Chet Holmgren, Paulo Bencaro, they like, they were all up there. Mm-hmm. Right. If you look at this one, Nick Smith was ranked number one in the class of 2022. He's now a possible lottery pick, but probably not a top 10 guy. Derek Lively was number two. Possible lottery pick, but probably not a top 10 guy. Dariq Whitehead was number three. Yeah. Maybe a first round pick, but could slip into the second round. Cal Filipowski was number four. He's back in school. Kaysen Wallace was number five. Probably not a top 10 pick, but maybe. Gigi Jackson was number six. Definitely not a top 10 pick. Maybe not even a first round pick. Kelly Ware was number seven. Transferred now at Indiana for Morgan. Uh, Dylan Mitchell was number eight. Couldn't play. Yeah. Uh, Keontae George was number nine. That lines up about where he's, you know, in that range. Amari Bailey was number 10. Might not go in the first round. Probable second round pick. The point is, like, that's that's not usually the way this looks. Now, in fairness. What's the reason? What's, now, hold on. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll, I, I, okay, go ahead. Scoot Henderson should have been a part of this class. Well, well Sure. He would have probably been number one in the class, right? Thompson yeah. twins could have been in this class. Mm-hmm. So in, in a different world, and you're COVID. looking at 
you're looking at the class of 2000. Yeah. You're looking at the class of 2022, and it's like Scoot is one, Thompson Twins are two and three. It starts to look a little better. You also had uh, reclassifications um, that 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 impact this. You know, Jalen Duran was init- uh, uh, supposed to be a part of that class, if I got it right. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and Amani Bates was supposed to be a part of this class, although who knows how that would have ended up. So I, I think that's a possible explanation for wh- why it looks a little unusual, but it does look a little unusual. This is not usually the way it is. Just to, to uh, uh, you know, hammer home the point, you go to the class of 2021, number one was Chet Holmgren. Number two was Paulo Bencaro. Number three was Shaden Sharp. Number four was Jaden Hardy. Number five was Jalen Durant. Uh, J- Jabari Smith was in the top ten. Um, Peyton Watson was in the top 10. So that lines up a little more the way it normally does. This class of 2022 is a little bit all over the place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Okay. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. Yeah, no, that is aberrational and very interesting. Also, by the way, shouts to Chris Vernon. I heavily endorsed my Anthony Black profile. Didn't oh, he's get a much big guy. Of tears, but I'm, it's good to know that someone in the Memphis media is reading my stuff and endorsing those. That's he so brought just, it. A, a guy was in studio with him last Friday. He couldn't stop talking about it. Really? <laughs> oh, he's a big fan. This is, I think, it's his favorite thing he's read about any NBA draft prospect. I mean that sincerely. Yeah, no, it, it, he, he was very kind to uh, to endorse that, and I appreciate that from uh, from Chris Vernon. Um, all right, real quick, back on to Hendricks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the the cons against him, if you will, and then we'll get into Sensabaugh because he is pretty fascinating as well. And I could see Sensabaugh being the better player, ultimately, at the NBA level. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, Hendricks uh, and watching, and I had to catch up on video with some of this stuff because I watched UCF play. I was looking at the schedule Last night, it was a, a handful at best. They just were not a relevant team. And so I caught up with a little bit of uh, with a little bit of video rebounding wise. He's not as good as he should be. But again, like he's probably where he would be expected to be after one year as a freshman in college basketball. But you you turn this on its head. He's suddenly an, an NBA prospect and a lottery prospect. There are going to be some major drawbacks uh, with all of that. And I think I think rebounding is a growth area. Um, and I think if teams are going to be taking whatever team takes them in that, again, I'm putting him seven to 12 range. I find it unlikely. He goes before seven. Uh, it's unthinkable. Maybe he drops a bit out there, but lottery pick, right? Um, I think that they will draft him expecting him to grow as a rebounder and as someone who can be a little bit more reliable near and around the rim on both ends. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then he, while he's a good shooter, uh, he's not uh, like this 
he doesn't have an all-around offensive game. He's not a big uh, playmaking guy or or, or, or creating guy, uh, which isn't, you know, he's, he's, he's a power wing, but there are just, I think some of the drawbacks are a, a bit glaring. Be interested to see how quickly he adapts on that end. Um, you like him more than Sensabaugh. I think I like Sensabaugh slightly a little bit more. Uh, Sensabaugh averaged 16.3 points, 5.4 rebounds, shot 48% from the field, 40.5% from three, 83% from the line, and was on the all-Big Ten uh, freshman team, as GP mentioned before, with the knee issues. I think that was a factor in him being ranked where he was. He was by no means like a clear-cut five-star prospect. But uh, yet again, we have a one-and-done player out of Ohio State. That's become thing that's that's been something of a of a of a trope here for many years. But Holtman has been able to do it, although you haven't had the on-court success to match uh, some of that. But um, but yeah, Ohio State's coming off its worst season in 25 years. But it it really wasn't because of Sensabaugh. I mean. He he's a he was a bit of a ball hawk. <laughs> I mean, he took 509 shots in 33 games. It, there were very few freshmen that were more high volume than him. Uh, but I think it was validated. Like he's got a confident shooting stroke. Um, he usually would take the right shot, can shoot from mid range, shoots from deep, doesn't need the dribble to do it seems largely unbothered by taking a shot with the hand in his face. I wonder if that actually changes at the next level, though. But he's 6'6", around 235 pounds. And I think he is one of the best combinations of having good strength. Like, he's got some brawn to his game. He's got a little bit of velvety touch sometimes in his game. And he is, I, th- I think, can be one of the better defensive... I mean, I guess he already is, but he is among the better defensive rebounding guard slash wings in this year's draft. Like I think Sensabaugh has a better knack for rebounding right now than even Hendricks. Uh, but there are some weaknesses, which we can get to in a second, but what's your overall read on Sensabaugh? And, uh, and I'm guessing you, you would put a first round grade on him, even if there's uh, some, some slight doubt over whether he will, uh, he will be there by pick third. I think he's one of the 30 best players in this draft. Um, it, you know, I, it was noticeable that Gavoni dropped him, into the thirties. Um, and I like, listen, Jonathan's great. He's, uh, you know, he's talking to franchises every day. Uh, if he did that, he did that for a reason. And it, it's probably because he's hearing something that is, uh, causing problems with, uh, front offices, confidence in sensible as a, as a, as a first round pick. Um, but you know, take that set it aside. I like him. He's six, six, got the uh, seven, two wingspan. And the numbers were 16.3 points, 5.4 rebounds, 1.2 assists per game. Shot above 40% from three on more than four attempts per game. Also, 83% free throw shooter. So that lines up. The shooting is going to be there. Um, you know, it, but it, it's, it was uh, big numbers and, and like rock solid numbers, but for a, a not great team, as mm-hmm. you noted. Um, and in those those meniscus injuries in high school, like those can take a toll. And I wonder if franchises are not liking what they see, um, you know, for, or hear from from that perspective. If that could be an explanation for why he at least uh, in one mock draft, one prominent mock draft, um, has slipped pretty considerably. At one point, 
most people seem to have him projected as a likely lottery pick. And now at least one prominent NBA draft analyst thinks he's not going to the top 30. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, it could be the medical, uh, but there could be one or two teams lying in wait that are hoping that's the case and they think they get him uh, well ahead of that. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me um, if you're gonna... it is also worth noting that it was uh, reported, I think, by Jonathan yesterday that 19 players have been invited to the green room. Bryce yeah. Sensabaugh is not one of them. Yeah, let's hopefully max out on that. Because <laughs> the, 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 the more you go into that, you know, no one wants to be invited to the green room and then you're still sitting there at 25, let alone going to the second second round. So that's that's fair. And the NBA is doing, the NBA is trying its best to go off of obviously mock drafts, but also check in with front offices. And while no one wants to give their secrets, just get an, an indication of like, all right, what's the safe, what's the biggest number that's also the safest number here? And so there is something to that. Although every so often you do get a player that's not invited to the green room that gets taken, you know, four or five uh, with four or five guys sitting there. It, it, that's that's possible. Maybe sensible be in that uh, group. But if you want to knock him, yeah, I think sometimes he squeezes the orange to uh, to lift a phrase from from our colleague Clark Kellogg. Um, I think he needs to, and I think he will have no choice. Like he he did what he did out of necessity at Ohio State. They needed him as much as he was, as high volume of a player as he was. They needed that. And even still, it didn't uh, it didn't change much about Ohio State season last year. But he'll need to ditch those tendencies. He can't he can't be so ball dominant. And he's also not where he needs to be remotely as a one on one defender, someone guarding the ball, particularly like with his size. And this is this is something I got from a couple of NBA people when when talking about him. Um, he is not as far along as he should be on that end. We'll need to be a deep study on team defensive concepts, elaborate switching. He has serious defensive limitations right now. Um, so it will very much be a situational situation, <laughs> a situational situation when he gets drafted and where he goes, because there will be some teams that look at him and say what he does. We already have that. And guy, a player B and guy C and other teams might have a spot there uh, as a backup or a, or a third option. Um, but you can clearly see that he is too big and, and theoretically too physical to be as much of a project on defense as he is right now. But as a reminder, like Hendricks, these were not top 30, top 50, top 70 prospects coming out of high school. They're going to have certain flaws. It's why they are not, uh, you know, clear cut top five picks. They're just going to be improvement areas. Those are the ones with sense of ball. And, you know, if you can step in and actually play some competent team defense, it's going to help your draft stock. That is the case with Hendricks. It is not the case with sensible. Yeah. The defensive stuff is another obvious area of improvement. Like if you're looking for the negatives, um, it's, it's the history of knee injuries and what he was defensively at Ohio state. Um, if he is not, and it's always, you know, when you start talking, evaluating prospects, with just with just about any one and done guy, you can talk about needs to get better defensively. They all need to get better defense. Not all, but like most need to get better defensively. Uh, that's a pretty common thing, but clearly, like he's got to be better, or else it becomes he'll get attacked in the NBA. I mean, they'll just hunt you over and over again at, at that level. And if if you can't guard your position, um, they're gonna they'll take advantage of you. So that's I'm not saying he can't improve, um, but he does need to improve. 
though he was a sub 80 prospect in the class of uh, 2022, I will say I was talking to an agent in like late November, early December, like pretty, he jumped on radars pretty quick. Oh yeah, I agree. Uh, like an agent was like, um, you know, it, it's a typical conversation. Yeah. Hey, who have you seen? Who do you like? That kind of stuff. And, and the agent said to me, I did not bring him up. The agent said the guy who's like, I'm really impressed with his Bryce Sensabaugh at Ohio State. He said, um, he was targeting him. He did not get him, but he was, he, he said, I've told my guys go out and let's, let's go try to get Bryce Sensabaugh. He said, if he stays in school two years, he'll be a lottery pick. He obviously decided not to stay in school for two years, um, but he'll still get picked somewhere. He'll be on a guaranteed contract, you know, next year. No, no question about that. I remember being at the UConn Xavier game and talking to two different NBA scouts who were there and talking about the guys on the floor. And for whatever reason, one of them brought up Sensabaugh as well. I can't remember why, uh, but at that point, um, one of the scouts was like, yeah, there's no, there's no chance he's staying. He's staying. Uh, he, and at that, I think at that point, I remember him saying he, he should be a borderline lottery pick, which at that point, it felt like it, but now it feels like it's a little bit... Uh, it's a little bit further down uh, down the road. It'll be interesting to see when we look up in a few years where these two players compare against each other and uh, the other guys as well. Like, and we're not going to do a deep dive on him here, but you know, Buffkin, he was a major riser uh, as a second year player this year. Again, was ninety six in his class. Uh, you see what Keegan Murray has been able to do at the NBA level. Chris Murray obviously has good draft projectables. Um, will he will he follow a similar path to his brother in terms of stepping into the league and being an immediate player? We'll see. We love Sasser at the college level. He was 88th in his class. Um, we talked about Anthony Black in a recent episode. There are four Arkansas players in this crop. Uh, Ricky Council committed to Wichita State. He was 88th. Omax Prosper was one of the biggest winners of the combine there. There will be, and I mentioned Jaime Jaquez, Colby Jones out of Xavier. There will be at least, I think, two of those players that hop one of these two guys. Um, but right now, um, Hendricks is in a good spot. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if the place he goes to ultimately is the subject of a, uh, of a trade, be it before the draft or on draft night. Uh, wouldn't be surprised by that whatsoever. Also in talking to some NBA people in the past couple of days, um, a lot of buzz and curiosity over how much movement there will actually be within the top 10. Like, you know, um, one front office person I spoke to uh, felt pretty confident that there's going to be at least two trades within the top 10, which to me is a bit surprising only because I mentioned this on a previous episode. Uh, the scoop versus Brandon Miller thing is intriguing. Wemby just going one, like this is going to be the, the Wemby Yama draft. That's what we're going to remember this for. Uh, but beyond that, uh, while there will be good players taking the top 10, I, I don't find a, a ton of enticement here. And the idea that there would be teams uh, maneuvering to get into this top 10, I find to be intriguing because I just don't think, this year's top 10 uh, and I would include Hendricks in that crop there. If indeed he goes there, GP um, is as loaded or as promising as some recent, as some other recent drafts there, but just, you know, a little additional scuttle here as we are eight days out from the NBA draft with, uh, with a number of intriguing prospects, but I don't know the more I look like, if, I think, how about this? I think Hendricks will be a good fit, good role player. I think Sensabaugh has the better chance to ultimately be like a top three scoring option and therefore has a little more value down the road. Uh, so I would, I would narrowly long-term, I would put more value on Sensabaugh than Hendricks, but I might be in the minor- minority on that. 
Um, in my latest mock draft that's posted at cbssports.com, I have um, Taylor Hendricks going – where do I have Taylor Hendricks going? I believe 12th to Oklahoma yeah. City. And then I had Sensabaugh going 17th to the Lakers. So I've got them both in the top 20. But the, the truth is I might end up being a little low on Taylor Hendricks and a little high on Bryce Sensabaugh. But as always, we'll see. That's right. We'll see. Mock draft early next week. To- uh, yeah, you got to know that. Show. Show. Yeah, we're going to do a mock draft next week. Are we? Uh, that's on that's on the budget we got to yeah i, I think i'm gonna rally kyle boone Did we get boone and Vicini on a mock draft can you even handle that i don't know about a four-person podcast <laughs> that's not really my speed that's not really I what i enjoy all right we'll see if we can get the sam at some point so yeah yeah i don't know about that i tell you by the time we get to the nba draft i am ready for it to be over I know. I'm so tired of talking about these guys. <laughs> I hate talking about these guys this way. It, the, the most interesting thing about the, an NBA draft is you spend, if you're me or Sam or, you know, Kyle, you spend months talking about these people. And then a year from now, I won't even know what some of them are doing. <laughs> like you just look up and they're like on bad teams, not playing. You, what? Come next Friday morning, all, most of these guys we've spent the past months talking about, we will never talk about again, unless they're a trivia. Well, we're, also, we're a college basketball podcast, so that that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if we are. Okay. I don't know if that's true. But sometimes, 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 for sure, sometimes. All right, let's 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 call that a let's call that a show. Sounds good. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck and Larnell. Thank you guys for watching, listening to Island College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Rate it. Review it. There's more of us than there are of them. That needs to be reflected in the comments. So if you're not subscribed, please go do that, and we will talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. (laughs) 